0: All right, everyone. Let me turn that music off. We don't need that right now. We don't need Musica. <laughs> All right, everyone. Hello and welcome to Facebook Live episode number 289. Dave, guess what, brother?
1: I'm still not fired.
0: Well, yeah, you're still not fired. That's number 1. Number 2, we're finally doing this on the right channel. We're finally doing this on the right event on Facebook Live. Unlike last week. I can't believe you did that. That's messed up.
1: Praise praise the Lord. <laughs> But I finally got it right.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was all me. That was completely me. And uh, once we get, once we went live uh, last week, and um, I thought we were doing good. And it wasn't until after we finished that we got some – I got a lot of messages from people saying, hey, are you guys doing this? Are you guys going live? I'm like, we are. We are going live. What are you talking about? And next thing you know, I felt like Boo Boo the Fool because I take a look at it, and I'm the one who shared this to the wrong page. Mm-mm. So that's all on me. Anyway, Dave, how you doing, brother? How's your week been? I'm doing bean. I'm doing pretty
1: good. Uh, <laughs> took the took the took part of yesterday off and uh, took one of the fantastic beasts out on the water, uh, searching for some manatees. And lo and behold, uh, we saw a bunch of them. There's probably like five or six different manatees in this area that we went to. Uh, it's Coffee Pot Bayou uh, down just north of downtown St. Petersburg. So it was good. And the the husky digs being on the paddleboard.
0: You got the dog on the paddleboard? Yeah. Yeah, all the time, man. So do you have like a doggy life vest just in case something happens? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's even a thing. No, you were
1: know, you, like, man, I kind of see, uh, I feel silly for even mentioning this, but you're actually correct. So I've got my life jacket. The dog's got uh, her life jacket and, and we just roll out.
0: Oh, Wow. I was just—I didn't know no. that was a th- Well, I mean, my dog is not as big as yours. I've got a little forty, actually thirty pound Chitzo poodle mix called Honey Pie. Everybody knows that. Um, thirty pounds? I think she's thirty, right? I don't know. No way. You like think she's 15. more? No, like fifteen. No, she's. You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. I don't know. I mean she looks big with all her fur. Once we give her the summer haircut, she'll look like nineteen, fifteen to twenty pounds. But uh yeah, I don't have um um I I I don't do that much activities like that. I go hiking, uh, but on a paddleboard, eh, I'll wait a little bit later on in the uh in the year to do that. But to bring my dog with me to put honey pie on there, she's not gonna have anything to do with that. So Right.
1: Is it easy yeah, for I, I, uh um well? Sometimes, uh, this last time was probably the, the easiest out of, out of all of them. Okay. Um, previously she's kind of been in the front in the middle and the back. She's just all over the place. That's what makes it difficult. Oh. Um, but this time she, she kind of stayed still. And I think the paddleboard part, she just kind of tolerates, but what she likes is being able to see all the stuff that's around. It's so oh. like any of the birds, you know, there's like, there was a, we saw, um, some ibises and pelicans saw a blue heron. Um, there's a, a part where we go down um along a seawall. So there's all people running, jogging, fishing, you know, they got their dogs out there. So man, she's just having a field day looking left, looking right, looking all around.
0: So <laughs> You know, people can say what they want about Florida man or Florida woman, or just Florida in general. Tell you what, this is a pretty awesome state. It 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 really is. Um regardless where you lie in politics, um you gotta admit we we have a little bit more freedoms than other states, um, regardless how you feel. I mean, as long – I how I take it is as long as we're being safe about it, you know what, let people earn their money, um, go out and have some activities, yeah. right? Um, but let me tell you, we got some things that other people don't. So obviously, Central Florida, we got the theme parks, and we have a beach on – it's no more than two hours to either side of Central Florida. But in your area, in the western part of the state, over in – in the Gulf coast, there's a lot of outdoor activities to do. And I'm, and, and I mean, good ones year round because yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause now isn't it like, I don't know, still snowing in the Northeast and uh, here you are paddleboarding.
1: <laughs> I, I, I guess we'd have to like bring JC in uh, to uh, get some verification of, of snow amounts in, mm-hmm. the, in the Northeast.
0: Speaking of JC so. um, we had that show on Sunday. We did the Easter special. Um, right, and we uh, I caught that. You did, yeah, we uh, we introduced the Easter horse. That was so not planned. That was just uh, it. Just happened right then and there. He just happened to have the horse sound effects, and we just focused more on on current events. Um, it was right. Easter weekend, right? We uh, we recorded a couple of days before because you know we wanted to spend time with our families on there, but the show must go on. Um, but uh, how was your Easter weekend?
1: It was, it was good. Uh, Saturday ended up uh, going to another hockey game. So, got to see the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, beat the Detroit Red, Red Wings. Okay. So, that was great. Um, you know, you and a lot of other people know I love hockey yeah. um, ever since I was in high school when, when the team started. And then Sunday, I went somewhere that I had never been before, which is, is kind of crazy. You know, I grew up in Florida, uh, left for about 10 years, and then now I'm back. Um, but I've never gone to uh, the the Bach Gardens down near uh, Lake Wales, and it was about ah. 250 acres of um of gardens. And there's this huge tower with bells and stuff, and it's on this huge hill. Like I had no idea there were like good sized hills in the middle of Florida, but apparently there are.
0: Isn't that the highest point in Florida? Or no? I could be wrong.
1: There was a there was a sign there that said that it was, but then when I you know I, I went through my trusty uh, uh, Google, <laughs> it found out that <laughs> there were some other places. It's it's not the highest okay. in, in Florida, so I, I don't know I don't know what the deal is with that. But um, yeah, it was pretty cool to be like on top of a hill and and actually be looking out, um, which I didn't think was possible <laughs> in Florida at all.
0: Yeah, you know it, it's a. Uh, um, Again, there's just so many different things you you can do in Florida. and, And, brother, I cannot wait. I just cannot wait until things start to get a little bit more normal than normal if that if that even makes sense you know that we're avid cruisers uh it's uh, my my wife and i and kid we love to cruise every year and i'm seeing a lot of information on on social media and the news and everything about the cruise industry is making a comeback maybe it's not making a comeback um the 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 closest port to my house is literally 45 minutes away cape canaveral but my favorite port is on your side of the house over in tampa have you have you cruised out of tampa before or no
1: I have what? Uh, so out of out of the four ports that we have in the state that I'm aware of, uh, why is Tampa your favorite?
0: It's small and there's there's it doesn't look like an industrial area. Port Canaveral, if you mm-hmm. go there, um, <laughs> let's say let's say that Port Canaveral is a uh, I don't know a a shore scourge and a stop right. Once you stop there, there's so many other things happening. It looks too industrial to me. Whereas Tampa. As soon as you step off the boat, there's Ybor City. There's all these different things, and there's a lot of things that are close, and it looks like a tourist area versus Cape Canaveral. That I mean, that's why I like uh, Tampa. Uh, I mean, Miami is a beautiful import outport, man. You got all these high rises. Um, when you sure when you leave, but Tampa, it's it's so small, but you feel like you're in a tourist area. That's why I like Tampa better than Port Canaveral. Right.
1: So, what about going under the Sunshine Skyway Bridge? What What do you think about that?
0: I don't know. The last time I left out of Tampa, I don't know if I remember that because I bought the all-you-can-dream package. Um, no. And, and uh, I started a little bit early, so I may, not, I may not remember that. But, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure I'm okay. sure it's a beautiful so sight. No, go ahead. No, no. I was just saying, I'm sure it's a, it's a beautiful sight. That was it. Man.
1: I was just going to, next time, make it a point, go up to the top of the ship, and, you know, well, you, you come out of the port, you go around Davis Island through Tampa Bay. Um, once you start getting out to the bay a little bit, you know, obviously you see the Sunshine Skyway Bridge. Um, man, get to the top of the ship. It is it is crazy to uh, go under that bridge. You're like, oh, man, I don't know if we're going to make it. I mean, there's probably like 15, 20 feet of clearance or something. I don't know how much it really? is. Really. Um, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a decent amount. I mean, they can't like, Oh, it's two feet clearance. We better, (laughs) we better go right now and put on the afterburners or we're not going to make under it. Um, but it's just really crazy. Uh, you know, I'd been uh, over that bridge. I, I don't know how many times growing up and, uh, as an adult. And I never really thought about like going under it on a ship. So, like, to do that, it, it, it's pretty cool.
0: Well, I, think. I mean, I mean, hopefully, we get to do that pretty soon. I mean, when do you think we we can start cruising again?
1: Um, that's a good question. Speaking of, of that, um, there was an article that I had just seen. Was it yesterday? What's the date on that? Today's Wednesday. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday in the Tampa Bay Times it says Carnival Cruise Line cancels June sailings, ah. holds off vaccine stance. So we were, we were speaking last week about uh, the vaccine and what the cruise industry will do, you know, if they make it mandatory for passengers, you know, will they do the same thing for um, their employees? So I've got this article, read part of it real quick. Okay. The, The fallout from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's cruise line guidance has led another cruise line canceling more voyages with Carnival Cruise Line taking June sailings off the board. The line made the announcement Tuesday, along with a similar announcement from Disney Cruise Line in the wake of the CDC's updated details to its ongoing conditional sale order that remains in effect until November 1st, 2021. The CDC gave lines instructions on moving forward on the initial steps of a 74-point plan Ooh. to return to business from U.S. ports, but held off detailing when cruise lines could perform the simulated voyagers with volunteer passengers, a required step before any ship gets the okay to sail with paying customers. Which article is this? The CD- this is from the Tampa Bay
0: Times. Who wrote it?
1: The Tampa Bay Times. Oh.
0: I'm sure this a, a, a guy or a girl who wrote yeah, it. I, I
1: can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's see. Oh, actually, uh, it is a Richard Troubeau.
0: Richard Troubeau. from the Troubeau. Orla-
1: yeah, from the Orlando Sentinel.
0: Oh, I got it.
1: Okay. Yes, okay. Wrote it. okay. So a uh, little bit. I'll just uh, read this a little bit. The CDC also stopped short of requiring vac- vaccinations for cruises in order to sail. But Norwegian Cruise Line on Monday announced its intentions to do just that for it and its sister brands, Oceana Cruises and Regent Seven Seas Cruises, in a letter to the CDC that asks it to remove the conditional sale order for its brands by July. Carnival Corp., which oversees Carnival Cruise Line, Holland America, Princess Cruises, cunard and other lines would make the call for whether or not it would require vaccines in oh. the u.s so norwegian is saying hey uh, we're, we're making it mandatory i saw another article that said um they will make it mandatory for their employees as well and then from this article it seems like carnival is not making um making its determination at, at this point yet of how they're going to move forward.
0: I saw that article, too, where where another company, I, I, I forget which one, that they were going to, uh, uh, to implement that mandate. And let me tell you, as soon as one organization, because right now everybody's hands off because they don't know what the impact is going to be. Everybody is waiting for everybody else to implement it. And as soon as somebody implements it and they have their own formula that they go through, to see is it worth the risk? Is it not worth the risk? That's when they'll do it. So as soon as one cruise line puts their foot down, the other ones are going to follow suit. Just like I, I mean, <laughs> I've been t- I've been talking about them the entire time I've been on HR talk. Disney, right? Disney leads the way with that. They. They led the way with the parks. They opened up first. All the other ones follow suit. Obviously, California's different because the laws in California prevent them from opening up. But let me tell you, Disney did a great job in, in, in phased opening and putting social distancing guidelines. Now they're starting to relax them a little bit. Easter weekend, I saw Tom Brady was there. Aaron Rodgers was there there were I mean I did in person let's see them I saw it on the news and you can see how many people are at the park still still being socially distanced but there's just way so many people out there and I haven't gotten it a bit because yes I'm adventurous I do go out there um but it makes me kind of nervous when there's that many people out there I don't care how many masks are out there it's just yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off a little bit for a little bit more but- do
1: you, do you- do you think with the, the cruise lines, you know, so Norwegian kind of kicked it off saying, hey, this is the route we're going. Uh, vaccines are mandatory for employees and also anyone getting on the cruise as a guest. Do you think that uh, through your HR background, do you foresee maybe one company or two companies saying, hey, all these other companies are making it mandatory? Let's go the other route and not make it mandatory uh, <laughs> to increase their <laughs> bottom line. Do you I- see that?
0: I I don't know see because that's 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 not a money strategy that's a people and safety strategy I don't know if they want to mess with that right now if one company decides to offer a a two for one sale and another and some other companies decide to go the other way that's only finance and that's it. But when you're talking about, I mean, that's a big risk, bro. I mean, I get what you're saying for them to be, um, to be the the only the only company in that realm taking that stance, but that's a big risk because what if on that ship they do something wrong and then everybody in the mother catches COVID and now the whole ship needs to be quarantined? Um, right. I if I was their HR person or their, I mean, again, I'm not a lawyer, but if I was their lawyer, I'm like, I re, no, let's not lead the way and. In that way, let's err on the side of caution. We right, we haven't made money, we haven't had any income in over a year, and I think if we take a big risk like that, it would no pun intended sink the company. Right, and and right. I, I don't know if that's something they'll want to do. Um, I hope.
1: Not. I I asked. I, I asked because uh, on the last episode with you and Jim, you guys were talking uh, about the vaccines and and well, there's not a card, a passport. For mumps, measles and rubella or anything like that. So it made me think like, hey, I wonder if maybe one of these lines will go, you know, the other route. Be like, well, we don't require uh, proof of vaccination for these other things. You know, why are we going to do it for for this one? Well, you know, proof of a test of a negative test instead of the vaccine.
0: Well, these are uncharted waters, right? Um, we we we've never experienced it, experienced something like this in modern history. I mean, yeah, I get it. Early eighteen, uh, not early nineteen hundreds, we had something similar, but but it's it, uh, in in the past fifty years or so. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> so so I think you, I, I I from from an HR point of view. You're going to start seeing organizations taking that stance, um, erring on the side of caution, requiring vaccines. Um, again, that's still something that's uh, that's uh, it's is is being lobbed out there. Uh, nobody has taken that stance just yet, but I see it coming. I, I, I really do see it coming and I just don't know how that's going to to work out. And, you know, when you have an employee or a candidate, somebody looking for work, somebody who's unemployed and they're looking for work, that I'm pretty sure that's one of the things that they're going to be looking into whether they make a decision on whether they interview or accept an offer from that organization. Are you requiring vaccines? What is your COVID nineteen protocols? So because they may not have any underlying medical issues, um, the candidate, but what about the family members? Maybe they have a spouse or some kids that may have some underlying issues. So I I I don't know how that's going to work, bro. Uh, We'll see. Time's going to tell on that one. I mean, it is. How how would
1: you, how would you, okay. So, so we have carnival. We'll just use carnival, for example, uh, since they haven't made a determination of which way they're going to go or how they're going to implement, you know, say they were having those, those meetings uh, of how they were going to implement whatever decision they were going to make. And then they bring Ricky Baez, uh, director of Human Resources in saying, hey, here are the two routes that we're considering. Um, they're vastly different. you know ha- how would you um, come into that conversation and and talk to them and lead them possibly you know to the right or the left as, as far as which route they should take with liability reasons and, and those so, kinds of
0: things? So here's the thing. Um, I would have to fully understand the vision of the CEO. I would have to fully understand where the executive leadership team wants to take this, and if their main concern is safety, if their main concern is safety, from my perspective, which is number one, it should be it should be that right. But at the end of the day, they are for-profit organizations, so their concern is also making money. Um, I would strike a balance of both. I personally would give two options: option A, don't don't require. Um, mandatory uh, vaccinations, but highly encourage it. Maybe give an incentive, right? If you get it, you maybe get extra onboard credits. I mean, I don't know the the legal aspect on that. I mean, maybe some attorneys can uh, chime in here. Uh, maybe they can do that, or um, if um, or or just focus on the social distancing guidelines. In the past four or five years, uh, before COVID happened, if you go on a cruise, they've gotten really stringent. On their washing hands and hand sanitizers all over the place. So they were already way ahead of the curve just because some stomach viruses were coming around some ships. So they wanted to get ahead of that. So they're already ahead of the game on that. The question is, in such close quarters, how do you maintain social distancing? And they, I, I'm assuming they would have to take a look at their HVAC system, their heating and ventilation circulation system to make sure that whatever air is coming from one side of the ship doesn't get recirculated, unfiltered to another side of the ship, kind of, you know, um, uh, mass spreading this uh, this uh, illness. So what I would do is make sure their HVAC system is completely up to date. Um, their, their filtering system is spot on. And just make sure they use social distance. So what does that mean? That might mean that they may have to sell thirty percent less rooms right uh, because if, they're, if if they're booked to capacity then I, I I don't know how you can social distance right but um right. if you sell thirty percent less of course i'm pulling that number just out of the air, but if they sell thirty percent less rooms, that would help and aid in social distancing. But you have to understand the financial impact of that. So I would probably propose something like that to where if we sell 30% less, here's the financial impact, but we will still have some steady income versus not doing anything at all. Like right now, we're not making money. And by the way, it's over a year. It's over a year. Yeah. So it's a long time. Uh, yeah, brother. So that it is. Um, so look, um, uh, 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 speaking of um, cruising and speaking on employment and people looking for employment. Um, I want to, I want to hit this real quick because at the end of, of, of the last show, you kind of threw a curveball at me about new. Yeah, you did about new employees and how do you set them up for success? Right. So I, I, I started thinking about that, and I really do appreciate you bringing that up because I think that's important for people to fully understand if they're in a leadership position, recruiting position, or HR, that you focus so much on bringing somebody in, recruiting, and they don't tend to focus enough on making sure that whatever idea, whatever career advancement, whatever um, um, yeah idea they sold to, to the candidate, that it continues on through the tenure of of them in the organization. So what I thought I would do, I actually put a little couple of slides together, just just a couple of slides. So give me one quick second so I can get this bad boy up and running. And let me see, you can still see the presentation, right? I can. Okay, perfect. All right, so here's what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about here is setting your employees up for success, all right? And it's really easy, uh, Dave. It's, it's, uh, I, I don't know what your experience has been coming into a new organization. Uh, I've done it a few times, uh, but I get to see it from the employer's perspective. So I get to see when somebody comes into an organization, and they go through all the, uh, the recruiting process coming on board, and then they just forget about the employee because they're no longer a candidate. After new employee orientation, they forget about that employee. So here's what happens, right? So to set up your new employee up for success, I got three tips, three tips that people can walk away with, right? Dave, are you still there? Did I lose you? Yeah, no, got can it, got I, got I it, interrupt okay.
1: for one quick yeah, second? Yes. Ricky. I cannot stop looking at the face on this whole page. I just keep <laughs> going to the bottom right hand corner for the face.
0: Why? Why do you? So he's he's the face of the franchise. You're supposed to see him. What's my from- eyes
1: are just na- <laughs> they're just naturally going <laughs> to the bottom right hand corner. You, you got well, this guy that looks like he's shouting. And I'm like, man, what kind of success <laughs> am I getting set up well, for? Well, that's, oh that's been our face <laughs> for
0: three years, brother. So get used to it. All right, hey, but I digress. I right. hear these three. Uh, these three. All right. so here's the first step. Attention, HR people, business leaders, recruiters, uh, people who are in charge of onboarding. When you bring somebody on board, the first thing you need to do before you do anything else, once you bring them on, and they got the offer letter, they're up in PeopleSoft, they got all their information. Communicate the big picture. Not just communicate the big picture. Over-communicate the big picture. What does that mean? That means that regardless of what kind of job you have with the organization, regardless on how high up you are or how low you are in that totem pole, you as a leader need to show that employee how their job affects the bottom line. And if you are able to connect that dot And if you're able to show that person that, okay, your job you do here affects this big picture, that's how important this job is for you or for us, the talent that we hire you to do, that's how important that is for us. That employee is going to have a more vested interest in the bottom line of, of the organization. So when they start, I know a lot of HR people don't like this term, but I really like the probationary period. I really do. And a probationary period for an associate should be about 90 days, right? No more than that. Obviously, well, it depends on the organization and what they're doing, but it should be no more than 90 days. So when you bring that person in for the first 90 days, they're supposed to be assimilating to the organization, the culture and learning their surroundings, learning their business. But they can't do that if they don't know how their job affects that bottom line. So you assign a, a mentor, you a big brother, big sister, whatever you want to call it, where that person can meet with on a regular basis to continue showing them the over the, the, the big picture of the organization. Just imagine if you started working somewhere, you don't know what the culture is. You don't know what direction the company is going. So yes, you over communicate the big picture. Makes sense so far.
1: It, it makes perfect sense. in in my day job, um, you know, as I've said before, I, uh, I help process disability claims. So mm-hmm. I am the decision maker. I'm, I'm deciding, well, what's, what dis- disability uh, gets service connected, what doesn't, and at what percentage. Now, we have a group of people that gets the claims ready before I'm making the decision. Mm. And then we have a group of people that uh, kind of dot the I's, cross the T's uh, does all the payment information on the backside. And the thing is, is y- you would think that these three jobs would all kind of commingle and work very well together, um, to make sure that everything is, is done very efficiently. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately it's not a lot of times our jobs don't, um, sync up with one another. Mm-hmm. And without those, um, without that communication, um, of the big picture, people are not going to realize w- what's going on. And they just think that, hey, this is my piece. This is you know, what I'm responsible for. But they might not see what, what certain actions will, um, will have an impact on, on the next person that, that's working the plane.
0: And then they'll jump ship. They, they, they will either jump ship and you just wasted your time as an employer, or you have an employee who's just not motivated and you're not getting your ROI from that person's salary. But yeah, over-communicate. You see, you where you work right now, you know how your actions or inactions affect the bottom line. But that's what every employer needs to do is to make sure they fully communicate what that big picture is. So, so that's the first one, all right? All right, second one, review progress weekly. It makes no sense, Dave, to put somebody on a 90-day probation and not talk to them at all throughout, throughout the entire process, right? You want to be able to meet with that associate. The mentor needs to meet with that associate on a weekly basis. So you start uh, your, your, your week on Monday with the mentor, go over what you're going to cover that week, let that associate loose whatever schedule they have that you've created for them, and then you as a mentor at the end of the week, Review exactly what they experienced, what they expected, um, what was the highs, what was the lows, and just review how the week went and be available for that associate throughout the week in case he or she has any questions. So the second one is really easy. Just review the progress weekly, weekly. So that's 12 weeks, right? 12 weeks, three months. Right? No, is it? No, it's not three months. Yeah, it is three months. Yeah. What am I talking about? Ah, it's been a long day, bro. So yeah, so those are so that's twelve weeks. So that's twelve times that you, that you as a mentor would have to meet with that associate um, just to make sure that he or she is uh, is is on the right track. And I'm telling you, folks, if you do this at least the first two, if you do this, you're gonna have an employee that's gonna be uh, more vested in that bottom line versus not doing any anything at all. And the employee's just gonna jump ship at you. All right, so real quick as we got just a few minutes left. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Dave.
1: Hey, yeah, so Ricky, why weekly? Why why would you say that daily is too often or biweekly is not enough?
0: So to me, so so that's a great question. To me, weekly is the sweet spot, right? Because if you have a brand new employee, they're going to have questions. They're going to have a lot of questions about who is who, what system does what and how to access that system right and if you're not available for that employee on a regular basis then again that employee is just going to feel alone out there in the waters and they're just gonna leave so maybe for the first half of it it should be weekly towards the end then maybe you could you know just just um, test the waters and balance it out maybe you could do it bi-weekly on uh, on the second half but at the very least on the first half of that you have to be able to meet with the person on a regular basis daily is too much in my book. To me, daily, it, it's it's that's just a waste of time. Um, you have to that it's it's to me personally. I think it gets it gets into the realm of um, of a micromanaging, right? And you wanna at some point the associates. You do have some associates that that respond well to people leading them and constantly over the shoulders. You have some people who don't. So to me, I rather leave people on their own and then check in on them and then kind of check that pulse later on. I mean, that's what I'm saying weekly. Make sense. Absolutely. Perfect. Number three. All right, last but not least, celebrate success. Have a graduation. Once the 90th day is over and done with, review everything this associate has done. And I know it sounds hokey or pokey, hokey. I know it sounds crappy, right? But- just have some kind of a have a graduation some kind of a tassel turning moment to where the associate knows all right i'm out of this probate god i I know the word probation sounds bad <laughs> right, but I, I swear i'm not using it in in a negative sense, um, when the associate finishes the onboarding, there you go—the ninety-day onboarding—they are able to 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 know and celebrate everything they've learned for the past three months. Uh, review all the information that he or she and the and the mentor reviewed or they covered in those twelve weeks, and it's got to be structured in a way that the associate can refer to it back later on, but. If you make a big deal out of it and you go ahead and you um, uh, celebrate that success that they finish, that gives that, that process just that much more credibility. And it really helps the associate feel like they belong to this organization. Folks, you spend a lot of money bringing people into the organization. You got to spend the same amount of money, if more, to make sure they stay with you. Otherwise, what's the point? So to review, we have over-communicate that big picture. We have review the process. Weekly, at the very least, for the first half of it. But Dave, you're right. Sometimes you do have to kind of check to see if you need more or less as you go along. That goes along with the relationship the mentor builds with with the uh, with the associate. And then finally, you celebrate those successes. If you do those three things, I know we went really fast. If you do those three things, I'm guarantee you are going to have an associate that is going to stick with you longer than an associate who just does whatever. Right. Um. So, with that said, it's 7:33. We're done. That was fast, Dave. <laughs> that was. Fast. We may have to do this a little bit longer.
1: Hey, uh, I would like to add a three B. Okay. Do not do not take Dave the intern to Azteca to celebrate his success.
0: Um, I'm just saying that might happen. <laughs> There's got to be some
1: other options than that. We've already been there. Like there wouldn't okay. be a like celebration of success there.
0: It'll just be like a normal, uh, a normal hangout. It's got to be something special. You said you're. You know what? That's true. Maybe I should take it to the wedding pavilion at Disney and just take pictures there.
1: <laughs> if we do that, then I want one of those tassel hats, and so that we can go. Bro, from the one don't side tempt to the me. Other. That's
0: going to happen. Do not tempt me, because that is going to happen. So. <laughs> All right. Look, I dare you. Uh, don't, 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 don't. But OK, look, here's where we are. We are at the end of the program. But before we go, I do want to share something with you guys. Um, as you know, um, I am now doing online classes on the on the website biasco.com, Biasco dot com learning. Um, I do have a free class coming up. It's coming up on April 29th. So I'm going to show you how to sign up. It, it is free, but you do have to sign up. So let me show you that real quick. Give me one quick second before we go. All right. So if you go to biasco.com at the very top, you see Biasco learning classes. You go ahead and click on those classes. You scroll down. You're going to see five ways to build an HR team that doesn't suck. This is a free session. We have 85 spots left. This class is going to be in about three weeks on Thursday, Thursday. April 29th at one p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please go ahead, click that that sign up, which is meet your name and your email address, and you're signed up. And it's going to be shared. Uh, it's going to be t- delivered via Zoom, uh, completely free, and it's going to be live and it's going to be very interactive. I cannot wait. Uh, Dave, are you going to be there, or or, or you have? A, I think you had other arrangements, right?
1: Um, I'm not sure yet. We're going to have to discuss uh, if that's part of my internship or
0: not. (laughs) We'll see. Well, that's coming up here in a few weeks. So folks, what else is going on?
1: What else is going on in April?
0: Oh, whoa. Well, wait a minute. April 21st, we have Space Coast HR conference. That's happening coming up here in about two weeks. Um, JC's yeah JC's gonna be in town he's gonna be the MC for the event HR the HR talk podcast is going to be there so I'm gonna be there man in the booth um, tickets are sold out Tickets are are sold out, so nobody can buy any more tickets. But I don't know if the uh, if the organizers are going to open up more more tickets or not. I'm pretty sure they have to keep it just the way it is for social distancing protocols. But that is happening on April 21st on uh, all day, just all day. Um, go to uh, spacecoasthrconference.com for more details. But again, I really think that they are sold out. Uh, but still check it out. But um, Dave, are no, you're not going to that one. That's just JC and I, right?
1: Just you guys. I, <laughs> I uh, my internship started a little too late to get on board for that. Ah, one. I get it. Bro. Hey, hey, Rick, do they have any options for um, maybe like virtual uh, attendance? If it's since it's sold out for in person.
0: No, you know what? Hold up. That is a great question there. Uh, space, because I don't know if they do. I don't think they do. To be honest, I'm looking at it right now. I don't think they do, because if they did, they would need to have a completely different company to come in and produce that. Um, They did that for the uh, HR Florida conference last year. And I thought it was just as simple as uh, some people setting up some cameras and that was it. But brother, let me tell you, it was a production. I saw how they were doing it to do it live and um uh a uh, esteemed, esteemed streamed virtually um it was like it's it, they had a production room TVs all over the place cameras all over the place it is a lot more complex than what I initially thought it was going to be I don't know if they're doing that here um, I don't think they are, to be honest. I think it's just live there, and they just have some some pictures. But maybe for next year, I'll talk to the uh, to to the team to see what they do. But that is a good question. I know Sherm, the Sherm Conference, the National Sherm Conference. Um, um, they are going to do it live and in person. I just got that email last week, and it's going to be in September, which I found that kind of odd. But uh, yeah, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen this time, man. So, all right, bummer. Yeah, I know, I know. But don't worry. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be interviewing people. I'm going to cover the event live, so you'll get to hear about it. So And you'll definitely see pictures. So I can't wait. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Yeah, Mark it on your calendar. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right, team. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Dave, you have a good one, sir, and I'll talk to you next week. You too, Ricky. Have a good one, guys. Bye.